Silence, uh, woman. This is Saudi Arabia episode. You, your input is not needed. Hello, folks. Welcome back to your late, late capitalism show. Uh, this is our Groundhog Day edition coming out right on time on Groundhog Day, Thursday, February 2nd. Mm-hmm. And that's right. Uh, we've got 60 straight minutes of Mamorta Monax facts, folks, celebrating this special day that only comes every four years. Are you guys excited for Groundhog Day? Oh, yeah, always. I look forward to it every year, every day. Every day I look forward to Groundhog Day. <laughs> I wasn't excited until something happened to me today. You see, I was uh, I, I was out on the town. You know, I went to a, I went to a pizza restaurant, and uh, you know, I was just ordering a slice, classic, you know, New Yorker slice from Kingston, yeah. Ontario. Uh-huh. And something strange happened. You see, I look behind into like you know the kitchen where they're making the pizza, and who is manning the friggin' pizza oven? Uh, but Bill freaking Murray. And the craziest thing Ooh, is, huh? when he served me, he said, no one will ever believe you. And then also in 1990, he forced <laughs> Gina Davis in a hotel room to let him use a wait, massager wait, on her back. Wait, and he wait, said, no one will ever believe you. Wait, 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 wait what's that? <laughs> no, it's cool. He's in Ghostbusters. Wait. He's, he's epic. Uh, don't look into Bill Murray allegations is all, all I'm saying. Because, uh, well, he just hates Mondays. Anyways, watching Garfield with the, the children in the class I work with was a horrifying experience. I was oh, like, oh, yeah, that sounds unpleasant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Groundhog Day, you know, it was okay. reliving it over and over again. I've got a little history report for you on Groundhogs, if you don't mind. Oh, uh, this yeah. is 1883. The New Hampshire Legislative Woodchuck Committee uh, just describes the Groundhog's objectionable character. Here we go. Quote. Yeah. The woodchuck, despite its deformities both of mind and body, possesses some of the amenities of higher civilization. It cleans its face after the manner of the squirrels. (laughs) I know, right? It cleans its face and licks the fur after uh, the manner of a cat. Your committee is too wise, however, to be deceived by this purely superficial observation of better habits. Contemporaneous with the Ark, the woodchuck has not made any material progress in social science, and it is now too late mm. to reform the wayward sinner. Mm. Honestly, woodchucks were the original pit bulls, is what this sounds like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just we had to ban them because even the, you know they might look nice, they might like wash their little faces, but at the end of the day, uh, they're not progressing the social sciences. So, yeah, in like yeah, twenty like, years, there's gonna be like all of we're gonna have a pit bull be our like weather barometer basically because all other ones like the groundhog were wiped out by angry drunken fur traders. So yeah. this is moms, fascinating. Mean. Chunky moms, 
Chucky moms. Oh, so like a woodchuck. <laughs> okay. Kind of like how pity moms call themselves pity moms. Oh, <laughs> the, Chucky moms. Like the the sons of anarchy, autism moms, the pity moms, yeah. the uh, the Roddy moms, and the Chucky moms are going to unite and form the most cohesive political bloc in North America. I pity moms. They have it so hard. Like it's like literally the second easiest job after being the mom of a special needs child. So, (laughs) don't shake your head at me. That was really good. Um, Did you guys hear though uh, the sad news about Groundhog Day? Regardless of how the here in Canada feel about woodchucks. No, this is nationwide. Yeah, Um, that's what I'm saying. Here in Canada, this is sad news. This is international. This is not international. International, eh? Yeah. Anyways, uh, Fred Le Marmot. Fred Le Marmot. Why'd you get me to do this, Dean? (laughs) What do you mean? It's your story. The French shit. Fred Le Marmot. Fred Le Marmot was found dead before. (laughs) So sick. (laughs) Okay. So this is like obviously they just hadn't checked on him in a year. And they just like came back and like, oh, it's time for him to do his thing. And he's it was just like a skeleton. <laughs> it wasn't even that he just recently died. There was nothing left on his bones. The best part is it was literally it's it says here in the very first paragraph, he was found just hours before he was due to predict <laughs> yeah. his arrival. There's no way that they checked in on him. He no. could have been dead for fucking months. That's what I'm saying. Like it's very clear that nobody gave a shit about Fred Le Mamot. It's no. like this is like a John, uh, a fucking Jim Morrison type situation where he was like found dead in a hotel room before he was set to go on stage. You know? Yeah. <laughs> They're just it's like, Wait it's a disgusting. Yeah. Well, they they just they had this poor woodchuck in the same like you know child protection services that like most like French teenagers get. You know, it works fine for, like, the average Quebecois uh, preteen because, like, they're just given, like, a carton of cigarettes and, like, sent on their way. But a woodchuck requires a, a bit more of a of a steadier hand. Well, yeah, you have to, like, they have no social graces. You know, we just heard about yeah, that exactly. probably very racist paper from 1883. <laughs> called, <laughs> like... Racist against groundhogs. Yeah, r- ruminations <laughs> on the woodchuck and the lower lower dark races or something. The woodchuck problem. Yeah, the woodchuck question and how to solve it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and that was literally like the most progressive paper written over the last hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just asking the white man how how many woodchucks he's willing to chuck to save yeah. his race. <laughs> um, so Jesse, I want to say that you are correct in your assumption that uh, they didn't know at all for a very long time. Uh, and he could have been dead for possibly months because it says here, no shadow would have meant Fred staying above ground, uh, auguring in early spring, of course. But after some 40 minutes of festivities, so they started the festivities. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> after, after some 40 minutes of festivities, including singing and dancing, the organizer came out and told people that Fred had passed away <laughs> and that he added... Uh, he thought the groundhog may have died in late fall or early December. <laughs> oh, oh so it had been months. They should have just like put a hand puppet on stage. Fred, what do you see? Will we have an early spring? Wee! 
Undeterred, a child wearing a groundhog hat was called up to the stage and asked for his prediction. So you're <laughs> what? Wrong. And then and then they put that kid in Fred's old kennel. <laughs> yeah, and excited to open that up again next year. Oh my god! Listen, did you know that groundhogs have a forty percent accuracy rate? Like, what the fuck is that, man? You're not even good at your one job? No. It, it literally should be 50-50. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm glad this fucker's the dead. The stats are against him. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, had you ever heard of Fred Lemarmot before, like, this week? Because yeah, everybody, everybody, yeah. everybody knows Wyerton Willie. So the classic. Yeah, the goat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the best thing is, is that the photo that the Guardian used for Fred Lemarmont is actually not him. And it's actually Poxitani Phil. So, oh, like, Poxitani Phil. It doesn't even matter. Like, nobody gives a shit about yeah. the groundhog. Liking Poxitani Phil is like liking the Yankees, though. Like, you're not impressing yeah. anybody. They waited yeah. until he bloated up, and then they were like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? This is man? the final picture the media will show you of the beloved Fred Lamarmad. It's like Richard Pryor in the hospital. His family like, had fucking, to sue them. Yeah, Elvis on the toilet. Like, yeah. they, just, like, they just let him fucking die, yeah. man. But they had Jake Gyllenhaal from Nightcrawler take the pictures of fred lamarmont <laughs> so there's two things that i have to say about fred and uh the first one is they missed the opportunity to call him a ground frog instead of a ground hog uh, okay yeah and, all right huh? i get you come on yeah. and the other uh-huh. one is that uh they call me a ground hog because i fuck dirt yeah he's he's like so. chances a reverse <laughs> land shark his fin is in the dirt not sticking <laughs> out of it that's right yeah, man I get, I, you know, when they say, uh, get that thang dirty, mm-hmm. um, that's what I do. I just, yeah. I fuck dirt. Yeah. Can you like, wiggle it for me a bit? Can you wiggle it on cam for me? No one will ever believe me. So now's your chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, like speaking of like, you know, the, the general, the dirt, the filth, old timey racial epithets, uh, would you like to hear some other words for groundhog? Uh, yeah, can you please. say these? Okay. Well, yes. well okay. Yeah, I, I'll say them. Let me know if I have to. If I have to bleep them later. Uh, yeah. All we've right. got woodchuck. You know, classic ground pig. That's whistle fine. pig. Whistle okay. pig. Okay. Thick wood badger. No way. No one's calling it. That's a different. That's a category. That's not. No, a name I swear for... to God, these are all accepted common names in different parts of the country. What's next, Dean? Mature, mature MILF? Come on. Yeah, yeah. I've got Big Moon Knack. Whatever. The, I see it. Like, I don't oh, I don't like the sound of that. I don't like that one. Yeah. No. That, that's we bad. Nusk? <laughs> we Nusk? We Nusk? <laughs> okay. Red Monk? And no, then Land no, no, Beaver. No, no. So, okay, Land Beaver. Very <laughs> sexual, very racially charged. There's a lot going on here. Imagine yeah. setting up another club instead of the Beaver Lodge and calling it the Land Beaver Lodge just to confuse people. People <laughs> yeah. just like, wait, what's the fucking difference? You're like, I don't know. Come join, find out. <laughs> she land beaver on my thick wood badger till I woodchuck. Yeah, oh my god. Anyway. There you go. There you go. In her ear, we nusk, we nusk. Dean, I hate these. Dude, right. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm red sorry. red red monk makes me red go, monk hmm. is bad. Yeah, that gives me pause. What was the other one? Moon something? Moonak. 
Yeah, that one really <laughs> that, seems that one dicey. Really not cool. Yeah, I that I think it's like in terms of the worst one, it's it's Moon Knack and then Red Monk for me, and then Thick. What was it? Thick, thick Wood Badger. Wood. That is, I refuse to believe that's a nickname. Like that is clearly you got your search history into the document. <laughs> <a few years ago. laughs> like, there's no way. Yeah, yeah, on my Red Wall slash the... fiction. Yeah, yeah. They used to call uh, the Groundhog Rule Thirty Four Bill Clinton. Yeah, it's really <laughs> it's like, weird. How could you see like this little fat, like gross rat, and be like, "Yeah, we should name this after the hottest thing in the world—a badger with a big, thick cock on him." <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? That's what's what going on. The shadow. Yeah, <laughs> he pulls out his big dong every year. Yeah, like where's the groundhog? <laughs> oh man. That was uh, Fred Lamarmont. Uh, it's better to burn out than it is to fade away. So, <laughs> oh, fuck, Fred, I'm just so sad thinking of him. It's like he OD'd and his yeah. fucking drug addict friends didn't notice. Yeah. Like, it's like, hey, like, hey, my, my. <laughs> it's like he was, they were like, man, we haven't heard from Fred in a while. Like, <laughs> go check up on him. Boy's dead in his apartment building. This like, winter will never die. Yeah, this is. He is honestly the greatest Canadian protagonist. I wish we had known more about him. He's going to be the new logo. We're going to switch to for the like memoir. Yeah, a green and white Fred Lamarmont. <laughs> He is, uh, oh man, Fred gets to join the esteemed collection of animals on our, our show Pantheon, though, such as Wasabi the dog. Now we have Fred Lamarmont. It's, oh, yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> We're I'm sure there's like heart. some kind. Oh, Mernie the horse. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we are getting. Also got canceled. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that. <laughs> so the Saudi Arabian kingdom, a beautiful place, the crown jewel of the Middle East. Other yeah, than Israel. Aladdin takes place. Yeah. In Israel? Yeah, in Israel. In <laughs> Jerusalem. That makes sense the way he was treated now. Uh, <laughs> so Saudi Arabia. This story begins with the ascension of Prince Muhammad bin, Mohammed bin Salman, who essentially in like 2015 gets a pretty, pretty big position within his family's empire. Uh, one year later in 2016... They start to uh, create something known as Saudi Vision 2030, mm. which is essentially a massive rebranding of Saudi Arabia and transformation of its economy, shifting away from you know oil, fossil fuels, and looking to diversify into different fields. The most interesting of all of them being the world of entertainment. Ooh. And now that comprises traditional entertainment, you know, concerts, stuff of the like. But to me, much more interestingly, that also comprises the world of sports. Now, the Saudis, I think, astutely recognize that sports is the one real area of culture that still has any kind of real purchase. So they're like, okay. Yeah, it, it's, it's the only thing that, like, uh, and even still, like, you know, with kneeling and whatnot, like, like there is still politics in sports, obviously, and there always have been. But like it seems to be like the, the that the one like sphere where you can like more or less dodge culture war in entertainment, you know? Yes. Mm. And the other thing, the other go thing ahead, about Chance. sports is that um, I think cultural purchase is a really good uh, way to describe its hold on 
the world at large, similar to how media in general had a hold on people and could be used to like steer focus from one way to another it, with sports it's towards advertising but before that movies with like certain cultural propaganda and things like that um sports still has the exact same hold probably not to the same degree but more so than pretty much any other medium that was state controlled at one point in time mm -hmm. and which is why i think the general idea of like how do we improve the reputation of this country that is seen as like you know being cartoonishly evil well it's like oh we have to pass some very extremely moderate social reforms and i mean that in, like the most loose sense of the term for instance allowing women to drive which is immortalized by the iconic right. hillary clinton tweet yeah. ladies start your engines <laughs> which <laughs> certainly is one of my favorite tweets ever posted so it's 2016. It's like April 2016. They announced this Saudi Vision 2030. In May of 2016, the General Authority for Entertainment, which is the group responsible for all the sports entertainment side of things, uh, is announced in a royal decree. They give them $2 billion to basically turn Saudi Arabia into this tourism and entertainment hub of the world. So <laughs> it starts off with the most stupid and perfect choice possible. Now, when we think of Saudi Arabia, yes, many people, specifically people with bad brains like us, will immediately think back to Saudi Arabia's nebulous role in the September 11th terrorism attacks, something that they themselves seem to hint at in 2018 when they threatened to smash a plane into the CN Tower. <laughs> that was so Gotta funny. keep our nose out of their business, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, that's hilarious. Who do you think they got in 2017 as their first major Western artist to play in Saudi Arabia? I will give you one hint. Think country music. Mm. Was mm. it like, uh, like Trace Atkins or something? It was not Trace Atkins. Good guess, though. Thank you. Oh, uh, was it the guy from Hootie and the Blowfish? Was it? <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. Was it no, Darius. Runner? It was not Hootie. It was. <laughs> it, was it was not Wagon Wheel. <laughs> I want you guys may be surprised to hear that the first Western artist to play in this new era of Saudi Arabia was Mr. We'll put a boot in your ass. Oh, it's the yeah. American way. <laughs> Toby Keith. The man who famously wrote, courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, about 9-11, was the first artist to play in Saudi Arabia in 2017. At this point, I feel like Toby Keith was involved in 9-11. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, it did have a market, as it was, he played, like, a massive stadium. Now, is it similar because of, uh, you know, all the memes of, like, come to Brazil, because Brazil... Yes. It is, it is very difficult to get gigs in Brazil because everything <laughs> is like, you know, there's a lot of tariffs and yes. I'm pretty sure the government makes it so that you have to apply through a very rigorous system in order to get gigs in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, I just thought their fan base was very passionate. Was... <laughs> no. Well, no, it, it's not similar to that. Chance, public concerts were just not allowed in Saudi Arabia. Oh. <laughs> like, period. Oh, so it was just like the first concert. Nobody. They had to build stadiums. Yes, they literally had to build stadiums to accommodate these shows. You just couldn't see live public music. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Also in 2016, or sorry, in 2018, so shortly after Mr. Toby Keith's performance, where, yes, I hope he did play the Angry American. Uh, that would be so awesome. The... 
World Wrestling Entertainment announces a 10-year partnership with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia to run annual events in cities such as Jeddah and Riyadh. So WWE, thanks to Vince McMahon, was like, yeah, you know what? We will take the literal billion dollars you're giving us to do these shows. No problem. You know what? Yes. They missed an opportunity, though, with John Cena going full Saudi prince this time. (laughs) I know. Before he did, like, the military brat guy, and he Mm -hmm. was like... The chain gang soldier. Yeah, yeah, chain gang soldier. Uh, But, like, we know John Cena to flip-flop quite a bit, Mm -hmm. uh, as seen by Bing Chilling. Well, yes. So it would have been really funny... If he just rolled up, he's got like, you know, his headscarf on. He's just ready to rock. Like, that would be so fucking cool. I'm sorry that I said women are people. Uh, that yeah. was an ill-informed <laughs> comment on my part. Women I'm still learning. dangerous. Yes. They are more likely to get in accidents. I'm sorry that I acknowledge that Femistira exists. Uh, Wonder Woman's country <laughs> is not real. <laughs> it actually it, it belongs to saudi arabia <laughs> i like this notion chance you mentioned like propagandistic movies earlier the way that wwe presented this deal with saudi arabia was quite literally pro saudi propaganda where like it wouldn't just say like live this sunday we have a show in saudi arabia the commercial it would have like two minute ads in the middle of shows it would be like coming it would be like sexy sultry voiced like Coming to you live from the progressive capital of the Middle East, the crown jewel of the, you know, XYZ, the most progressive city of Jeddah, WWE, crown jewel. And it would be like the first one of these that they held, there were requests from like the Saudi royal family for certain wrestlers to appear, which sure, you're paying a billion dollars, makes sense. So they're like, oh, can you have The Undertaker? Who, big Trump guy, works out perfectly. Honestly, it's such a perfect thing. Can you have Kane? They all, you have Kane, uh, the extremely racist mayor of Knoxville, Kentucky. Or yeah. sorry, Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, can you have, you know, Brock Lesnar? Can you have Yokozuna? Can you have the Ultimate Warrior? Now, Dean, something you should realize is the last two guys are dead and have been for, <laughs> in oh, Yokozuna's case, 16 years. Yeah. So WWE, to meet the, frankly, insane requests of the royal family. All the grand just like, men. Basically hired a big fat Japanese guy and pretended he was Yokozuna. <laughs> That's so sick. <laughs> Which is incredible. I would like to read you a quick excerpt uh, about <laughs> some of the things that have happened. So on October 31st, 2019, the WWE held the first ever female match in Saudi Arabia between two competitors who had to wear black leggings and t-shirts over bodysuits instead of their normal ring attire. <laughs> That's not very WWE. <laughs> no, it was not. Also, uh, one of these performers, the Canadian Natalia, was hit in the head with a full water bottle thrown by a member of the crowd. Now, is Natalia the really, really cool one? She's the blonde one whose original gimmick is that she farted a lot. I'm not kidding. <laughs> How much is okay. a lot? <laughs> like, every time she was on screen, people would go, Ooh, stinky! And like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm serious! That's awesome. Don't laugh! <laughs> it's true so this was the this is the torchbearer it's just so funny to be the first woman to wrestle in saudi arabia was the stinky fart lady Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> it's 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 perfect. There's poetry to it. Now wrestling, they're still running these shows. In fact, very infamously, WWE ran a show one week after the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. Oh, <laughs> oh right. And yeah. there was like a lot of mainstream pressure from like pol- political and media fronts to be like, you shouldn't do this show. And they were like, no, we're gonna do it. They just stopped saying it was in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> But they still went to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Fun fact, uh, after that show, the WWE plane wasn't allowed to leave the country because they got into a money dispute with Vince McMahon, who left on his own private plane. So he just left, like, 40 performers on the Saudi Arabian tarmac for 24 hours. Oh, my God. Of all the countries to, like, leave your boys in. You know what I mean? <laughs> really don't yeah, do that that's, that's, yeah. They're going to get buried in cement if you leave them there longer than two weeks. Also, wouldn't it have been funny if uh, the Undertaker, like you know, a coffin comes out and he pulls out Khashoggi? And like, <laughs> <laughs> Jamal Khashoggi, you will rest in peace. And then he rolls his eyes into the back of his head and hits it with lightning. <laughs> that would have been insane. So uh, another WWE still running events there to this very day. Just in case you're curious, uh, there's also been rumors. There's it's a much longer story, but basically Vince McMahon got ousted from the company because of Me Too stuff. Like genuinely, this man has a 40 year long record of allegations and payouts. But yeah, yeah surprising absolutely nobody. He yeah. managed to finagle his way back in because corporate America is, you know, a hellscape. And uh, his plan is still to try and sell the company to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I would argue, like, definitely, yeah, just, like, capitalism and, like, corporate America that, as it exists. But also, he's got, a like, a bit, he's got, like, a sprinkle of that, like, Trump spice. Oh, absolutely. Know? Like, he, he's mm. got that, like, he's got the riz to get back in, you know? I'll tell you right now, as someone who watched Vince McMahon perform, he's the yeah. only person that has the campiness and like the insane lack of cultural like understanding of Donald Trump. Like Vince McMahon only eats steak wraps. Like genuinely, the only food he eats <laughs> is a steak wrap with ketchup. This is a man who hadn't seen the movie Scarface and had a wrestling character based off of Scarface because Scott Hall was like, hey, this would be a cool character. He's like, what are you talking about? This was like 1992. <laughs> He's like so never cool. seen his favorite movies are the Grown Ups movies. This yeah. is a man in his 70s. His favorite yeah, band is Kid really... Rock and Limp yeah. Bizkit. Yeah, oh yeah, he's a broken dude. Yeah, he's completely fucked. I want to say though is it's not like this like not only is it this layer of uh almost charming ignorance, right? It would be charming if it wasn't nefarious. Yeah. Um, but but it's almost charming ignorance. But also the fact that he screwed over his daughter out of the gig. Yeah, he literally forced her out of the company. His daughter, who is arguably, not arguably, is a better face for the company. Better person as well. Would make them more money probably because she won't fuck everybody over. And then also has such a a better reputation and is more liked in the wrestling sphere than her fucking father. Can I make a quick aside about Steffi McMahon? Because uh, this is also nine 11 adjacent. So I'm going to say this counts for the Saudi Arabia purposes. Uh, <laughs> also kind of fittingly, WWE was the first like major entertainment company to run after September 11th, like a live public show, like two days later. And during that they had like wrestlers talking about like America, nine 11 and Stephanie McMahon, uh, came on the screen and said, in 1992, the federal government 
tried to destroy our family, much like how the terrorists tried to destroy our country. That's right, yeah. (laughs) And it was one of the most incredibly, like, tasteless and tone-deaf things to have ever happened on that fucking program, and I loved every second of it. Oh, my God. Uh, But, yeah, WWE, very real possibility they get bought up by Saudi Arabia. Uh, Two other quick notes about Saudi Arabia before we move on. Uh, Saudi Arabia, as you may have heard, started their own golf league called LIV, which uh, is the Roman numeral for 54 based on the amount of holes you play in one of their tournament games. also the real president. Yes, the the real. I don't think they're up to 54 yet, buddy. (laughs) Wait, isn't he the 54th? No, he's the 45th. Fuck! Damn it! I thought yeah, it was a good bit. You're almost there. You're, if you're dyslexic, it's a good bit. So <laughs> they they have the LIV, uh, which <laughs> okay, <laughs> here we go. So Greg Norman, a very famous professional golfer from back in the day, uh, has been accused of helping the Saudi government basically like whitewash its reputation, uh, which he's denied up and down. And he said this about the murder of Jamal Khashoggi: "Look, we've all made mistakes." And you just want to learn from those mistakes, see how you can correct them going forward. (laughs) Get that score down, you know? (laughs) Fix your handicap. On June 22nd, 2022, a group of nearly 2,500 survivors of family members killed or injured during the September 11th attacks wrote open letters to golfers who remained loyal to the PGA and thanking them for not defecting to LIV golf. Which is an insane thing to do. Don't get me wrong. That is yeah, one that, of the most ridiculous yeah, things I've ever is, heard. Yeah. This is your brain on golf, folks. Yeah, thank you for maintaining yeah. your allegiance. <laughs> to this country. To be to give you an idea of how much money they have, the LIV offered Tiger Woods seven hundred to eight hundred million dollars to join them, to join their league. They Those offered are... one man eight hundred million dollars to play golf for them, and he turned Jesse. it down. Correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's that's bigger than like most major league sports contracts. Yes, like, by a long shot, right? The biggest ma- major league sports contract ever is about two hundred and fifty million dollars. So they offered him and almost offered four times that for fucking golf. Yeah, and he said no. Which credit? You know what? Fair enough, Tiger. I can respect that. Uh, money. Yeah, that's the other thing as well. But for our uh, Formula One is next on their thing. Also, Saudi Arabia started their own soccer league and they bought Cristiano Ronaldo's contract for $150 million a year. They gave, and him, they, they gave him a watch that's worth like, I think, $4 million. Also, they repealed the rule about unmarried people living together if they're of opposite sex so he could move in with his girlfriend. <laughs> they literally changed the laws of their country. <laughs> the last thing I'd like to talk about with Saudi Arabia is uh, just closing off on some of the other entertainment things they've had going on. First, Saudi Arabia in 2018 lifted its 35-year moratorium on the construction of new movie theaters in the country, with the first new one being AMC. So Ooh. you can go, go to the movies. That's nice. nice. In 2019, the MDL Beast Music Festival was held in Riyadh, attracting 200,000 visitors over three days, and featuring such acts as Afrojack, J Balvin, Monster X, Rehab, and David Guetta. <laughs> so I just like to imagine on a windswept night in Riyadh, David Guetta up on the stage with his kit, his turntables. You yeah. know, the music's hitting, it's building, it's building. Shout out to Jamal Khashoggi. This is for his family. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Shout, shout out to the five ca- briefcases you can find him in, scouted across town. <laughs> yeah. so, you can put them together like Exodius. At the at the time of publication, there are still seven more years before we see if Saudi Vision 2030 comes to fruition, before we can see if the city of Neom is completed, before we can see if the line is finished. Yeah. So uh, we're excited to see how these projects go. And I think it's safe to say that in 2030, if Neom is completed, the podcast will be moving collectively to live in the line, probably in the bottom levels, so we can continue to do the excellent work that we do. Yeah. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I'm excited. I'm like just going to be living out my cyberpunk dreams. There, <laughs> I'm already wearing uh, it. I'm wearing the gear. Yeah, totally. If, if there's just one one thing I'd I'd say about like this whole Saudi story, uh, my takeaway is that. Growing like even like one square foot of turf grass in that desert should be a for real crime. Like, like just the the idea that you're making fifty four holes of golf. Like, oh my god. Oh yeah, like that's that's got to be horrible for the. Yeah, you college. listen to our golf episode. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. good. It's uh yeah, we, very we bad. Hate it. And we like desert boys. I I love the boys in the desert. Yeah, just like make a desert sport. Make a sport where you don't have to plant grass everywhere. Camel. I just sent a a nice little pic of our boy uh, Mohammed bin Salman with another another real one, Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. So maybe that can be our. Or we can maybe Photoshop Fred Lamarmot in there too. Let me do some work here. We'll have an episode (laughs) art. Hoping that they can be together again soon. <laughs> yeah, re- reunited <laughs> at the line. They're gonna get a. They're gonna get a stunt yeah. double to fill in. Like Mohammed bin Salman's gonna ask to meet uh, Shinzo Abe again. They're just gonna hire a different Japanese guy to play him. <laughs> Hideo Kojima. <laughs> no, Hideo Kojima is going to scan Mohammed bin Salman to put him in Death Stranding too, which is gonna take place in Neom. Just saying. Yeah, it's just you walking down that same street the whole game. That, that's how they got him on board. They, they opened an AMC so Hideo Kojima would finally come to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Watching Minions, the rise of Gru with the Saudi Royal Committee. <laughs> thumbs up, oh thumbs up. God. It's Mohammed bin Salman uh, making that pipe gun for like 24 hours. Oh. Anyway, folks. Uh, my my lovely new home of Toronto uh, is once again being shaken down by uh, Mr. Tory. Uh, if you're familiar, John Tory, our mayor, was reelected in a landslide. Uh, he's a walking example of why politicians uh, should honestly be using campaign funding for Botox. That's sort of good and noble uh, compared to me having to look at this fucking guy. Headshot fucking got him. That's right. Is he ugly? Uh, of course he's ugly. Anyway, it's somehow legal for Tory to be mayor while also sitting on the Toronto Police Services Board. What? Uh, yeah, at, like in this dual role that he has, uh, he's dutifully just added uh, another just under $50 million to the TPS annual budget. Uh, now, mm. assuming that City Council approves of this, they have until February 14th to vote. That will bring the total police budget for the city up to $1.1 billion. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. So that is a hot one. Yeah. That's a 20% increase over the last decade. Uh, Most of that money uh, is going to raises to the services 
5,200 cops. Uh, Toronto Police mm. Service currently eats over 25% of property property taxes in the city. Uh, compare that to the TTC, which gets under 15%. So Jesus just Christ. completely insane. Uh, but like uh, the interesting story here is not you know, the police budget ballooning, uh, but that they've sort of had to to work for it a little bit, uh, which they haven't had to do. Again, like their budget has been steadily increasing over the last decade to an insane degree. Uh, but this time they've really had to fight tooth and nail for it, uh, which is good, I guess. They've mm. been hashing it out since early January. And like these TPS board, like courtesans, these like, big like pudgy like you know cops at the top of the food chain that now just have to go to these meetings and like wheedle counselors to like give them even more money and uh this whole thing is like dominated headlines uh in the city in january check out uh uh, philip preville's piece in toronto life the police versus everybody else uh that's where i got a lot of the numbers that i just read it's very good breakdown of what's going on but the other side of this that I wanted to talk about is, that, again, the pushback that Toronto Police and John Tory are getting here, uh, which they're not used to getting. Uh, so my question I'm posing to the audience is, uh, police get pushback on their incredible budgets. What would you do if you were a cop? Mm, I would beg. I would go on my hands and knees and, and grovel. I would cry. Yeah. I would spread my cheeks in hopes that somebody might uh, stuff some money in there. Okay. All right. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I wish more cops thought like you did. I'd probably do a lot of like civil asset forfeiture to you know make up the difference. Up the yeah. Okay, I'd be still. Yeah. I'd be like this, this PS5 was the accessory to a crime. Uh... But they don't like that because like that's like their bonuses. You know, like that's the mm. that's their like PlayStation Five money. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, like. They they don't want like their actual wages having to come from you know being True. like actual like criminal robber barons. Yeah, I mean, I I think if I was a cop and my funding was threatened, I would commit harakiri in the cop way by touching a mysterious uh, Ziploc bag of powder. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what I would do is exactly what they did, which is hit the big shiny button with the c word on it. Uh, the c word being crime, folks. Oh. I don't. I don't know if this has happened to you, but my timeline has been flooded with like stories of like violence in the city, specifically on the TTC. It's definitely all over cable news too, because my grandmother on the phone was like worried for me after seeing stuff uh, on CBC or whatever. But yeah. uh, I I found uh, another article here. Uh, the TTC. Toronto Police and the Manufacturing of Violence in the Passage by uh, David Mascrati, which I recommend. Uh, So I'm just going to be pulling from this directly. Chime in as you like. He says, in just the past two weeks, these stories of violence on the TTC have included a man trying to push someone onto the tracks, a TTC bus driver being shot with a BB gun, two TTC operators being attacked by several youths, a woman being stabbed and slashed, two TTC employees being chased by a man with a syringe, teen being stabbed on a bus, perch snatching, passenger being shot with a BB gun, another passenger being attacked by youth. Again, attacking, 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 all sorts of violence. It's everywhere. 
And uh, I, I should mention, as our, our uh, good friend uh, and intrepid intern, Grace, uh, pointed out to, to me on the timeline, uh, it's uh, pretty, pretty convenient that there's been this massive spike of crime uh, on the TTC over the course of the month where they debate this incredible increase in the police budget. Now, to be fair, that's because a full moon is coming up on February 5th. I'm just saying, counterpoint. <laughs> that's true. Counterpoint. Yeah, un- unlike all the other months that coming. don't have full moons. <laughs> yeah. I did see I did see baby TikTok witches were calling for violence. <laughs> yeah, that's so. right. Yeah, they're trying to slay the bus spirit, and it's been really a tricky one. <laughs> They've been listing <laughs> all, <laughs> all their followers. You must spill the blood of eight Torontonians to be able to fell the bus demon. <laughs> Chainsaw man spotted on the Toronto subway. <laughs> bus blood for the bus blood god. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, what if I told you folks that really the only sources for crime statistics that uh, most major Canadian news sources use uh, are police reports. Just exactly what the cops say is happening. Uh, so uh, this... Uh, I wouldn't believe No, me. you wouldn't believe me? Well... that's unbelievable there's no way this piece in the passage uh this guy went through these various like dozens of canadian newspapers searching for articles that had the words ttc and violence in them uh over the last three Mm -hmm. like 2019 through 2021 uh there was an average of like low 80s high 70s amount of results so like 80 some articles a year about violence on the ttc in 2022 there was 191 with 72 of them coming in december alone Mm. in january so just last month there were more than 180 returns on violence on the ttc Mm. <laughs> so just like astronomic increases in the amount of violence that is being reported uh seemingly with no co- like you know inflation has been a problem but like that's been a problem all of 2022 not just the last month of it uh so like th- these right. numbers are obviously being fudged now now uh you might be getting to this but could it be the case that I know how the media gets these stories, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's from press releases made by police. So what you're trying, what you're telling me is that there isn't necessarily an increase in crime, but there is an increase in press releases regarding crime on the TTC. Correct. That is what I would say. Again, do I have any numbers to say, that, like any smoking bullet to say that the cops are lying about how many violent crimes are happening? No. Yeah. But uh, I, f- I think that the numbers are being inflated and whenever anything does happen, it gets reported on a lot more than it would in any normal circumstance. Right. And that could be that that as a media person, you're not scouring through the the numerous like uh, redundant incidences that happen in the city. Like it's not like you get a big press release that has every single uh, crime ever. You get. um you get notified of notable incidences that the public would be either interested in, which is shitty, or that the public uh, should know about uh, for their safety. 
Well, you you also have to factor in just like the the average you know level of sleaze and laziness in a journalist. And if a cop is coming up to you and saying like, "Oh, I've got this story on a silver platter here. I've typed it up for you. You just have to publish," which is more or less what you happens yeah, in a lot yeah, of these exactly. scenarios. Uh, like, why wouldn't you just do that? Yeah, the the thing is too is like a lot of these notable attacks have not happened necessarily recently but they get lumped in as if it yes is. yeah so like i'm looking at the timeline too and it starts november 26th of 2021 mm-hmm. and that's that's when they you they start it, saying like oh like uh someone was like thrown into a punji pit outside blur street or whatever and then uh, yeah and then the next time the next major incident after that was about eight months later in april mm-hmm. So it's like, that's not, that doesn't add up. The only time that things start really racking up is the end of January 2023, where it seems to be consistently every day or every other day, a published story about violence on the TTC, uh, which does add up to the timeline of police budgeting uh, being called into question. Of course, the police put out their own pressure, pressers. It is not like a, 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 an actual like regulated system. It's whoever's on the police force doing the paperwork for these things or is media relations uh, putting out the pressers. So there's an extreme likelihood, I would say, that what you're saying is correct, that they, you know, have had a talk about public safety uh, being put in or, or rather how they can use public safety as a way to push the negotiation for their budget increase that they are demanding of the yeah city. no it's it's all um, complete fucking bullshit uh and, and like not only yeah. that uh so last week tory announced that 80 cops will be on the ttc every day in wake of quote recent tragedies uh this is like like galaxy brain shit so all 80 cops every day are going to be like doing these eight hour shifts that's all overtime on top of their normal work millions and millions of dollars ballooning the city budget going directly to these fucking pigs to stand around and like you know check out girls as they like walk through like fucking king station or whatever when asked where this money is coming from for all of this uh overtime because this is on top of the 50 million uh budget increase that they're gunning for so on top of this they're getting all this overtime when asked where it's coming from uh chief of police Ready for this? Myron Demqui <laughs> basically says, <laughs> like, right. the sub, he says to the effect of, well, it doesn't matter what budget it comes from because it's all Toronto taxpayer money anyway. <laughs> so they're just going to siphon more money from the TTC yeah. in order to pay for these fucking cops. Uh, it's like, that's old timey huckster shit. That's like a Tom Sawyer yeah. level fucking grift, dude. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? We got like pretty much an infinite money glitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're just we're gonna keep going. But it doesn't matter where the, what where the m- money comes from. Like city money is supposed to go to me. That's just like that's that's why we collect taxes. Yeah. Is to... And just so people know, in the 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 violent crime that they're talking about that requires eighty TTC or eighty, uh, you know, cops on overtime at the TTC is. A woman who got her purse snatched. I'm not downplaying it, but a woman who got her purse snatched. Someone was stabbed multiple times, and another person was chased with a syringe. 
Yeah, like, and you know, co- cops would would be able to to stop all of those things from even happening. The yeah, and that's one thing we know about cops is they're really good at preventing yeah. crime. Uh, it's not like honestly they show up like fucking hours later. You could sort of argue like. You know, we, we live in a world of market forces and it only makes sense. Like if you increase the police budget, we just want to make sure that that money's being put to good use. So naturally, as a Torontonian, sort of your duty that as the police budget increases, you should commit more and more crimes just to make that make yeah. sense. It's like when you leave the popcorn on the floor of a movie theater because someone works there. and it's Exactly. Yeah. Extra. So like if you do, yeah, you may that. as well be like throwing rocks through windows <laughs> because, you know, these it's like it's like going through a self-automated checkout. Yeah. It's just like I like to keep them busy. You know, a lot of them are overweight. These cops, it's nice to get them out of their squad cars uh, and trying to waddle around. I'm just like yeah. laughing, imagining like 80 cops just like standing behind uh, you know, one of the TTC's turnstiles <laughs> waiting to, like, enter an area to confront an armed suspect. There's, like, 80 of them standing there. And then they all try to go through it at once, and they just fall over on top of each other. It's you like happens more than you think. The, yes. the, the thing that the cops, the things that the cops are good for, they're going to essentially hand out speeding tickets. Uh, <laughs> to the to, trains. To the trains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got their radar guns. <laughs> you see how fast that fucker was going? They bring a cruiser down to the actual terminal. <laughs> yeah, it's like GTA where you can't drive it up the stairs, but you can get it down. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say is it's going to be interesting because we know for a fact with the cops there. Well, there's only two ways it can go, right? And of course, there's only two ways it can go. Either reported crime will go up or reported crime will go down. However, they want it to fit their whatever narrative that they're you know pushing but the interesting thing is that i would believe if 80 cops are hanging out at the ttc that uh violence and violent incidences is probably going to increase by quite a bit mm-hmm. right like specifically cop related incidences but even then just the pressure the social pressure of having cops so like in such a concentrated way uh, makes the public uh, respond with tension, right? And stress and doing so tends to lead to more erratic situations and the possibility for violence to increase. Like I would think, right? Like something that would be normally like two people arguing. Well, now you see a cop. So it's like, why the fuck well, are yeah. you doing Well, like that, like, and then everyone gets mad. Co- right? They're pigs. They're like demons from hell. Like, it, like, the the correct amount of cops in any situation is zero. Like they're worthless people. Yeah. But if, if uh, listener, you you're raising an eyebrow, you're sort of you're you don't quite believe me when I say the cops are completely making this shit up. Uh, consider uh, Exhibit B I have here. Uh, so this is at my own personal subway stop. This is January twenty ninth. After mm-hmm. it was some sort of stabbing, some sort of a like horrible uh, incident had happened on the TTC and the Toronto Mounted Police Unit Twitter account uh, posts a picture of a cop on a horse uh, walking around outside the uh, St. Clair subway station uh, saying, quote, uh, 
first responder patrols St. Clair Station while on duty. Uh, there needs to be an all-hands-on-deck approach to restoring safety and order on our public tran- transit system. It, like, directly implying about, like, the things that had happened that day. Someone on Twitter uh, shows that the, the photo that they've posted uh, of this uh, horse out front of this sub- subway station has no stall on the ground, which was not the case that day. There was no horse. This was an old photo that they were using. You can even see like like the lights in some of the windows in the background are different. Uh, so like this was taken like ma- an amount of months ago, and they're trying to like pass this off as like oh like we're working hard to make sure that you're safe when they're not. They're just like straight up lying about it. It's so cool. They're fucking media. They're 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 marketing. Yeah, experts. no. Like, uh, they they, they literally are just like not... control F searching through like cop images near TTC's areas. For yeah. our our local listeners, think about what happens when they add all the extra cops to Kingston on Homecoming, mm-hmm. and how that totally stops any and all parties <laughs> from happening, and how it's yeah, not. No, it's... Not just a total waste of your money. Yeah. That's kind of and like what's yeah. going on. Cops don't escalate more. anything ever. If anything, it de-escalates. Yeah, that, that's why like every cop is a social worker. So when they say, oh, we need more social workers, well, guess what? Just like how every teacher is a social worker in a sense, so is every cop, right? Because they have to do multiple jobs. You get me? That's so. Yeah, that's it's so true. So true. That, that, that girl that f- slept with the five other cops or whatever, she yeah. was working socially hard. Well, she was running group therapy. She was doing CBT was group, group therapy. Trains. Yeah. CBT <laughs> group therapy, you know? Cock and ball torture. Yeah. I, I am a CBT practitioner, so maybe I'm a little biased, <laughs> but nothing leaves me feeling more just fulfilled and worn out at the end of the day than a nice CBT group session. That's right. Now, now Dino yeah. boy. May may I present to you the story of another horse cop? I would love to hear oh, yeah. about what's going Take on home. with the you know the equestrian law enforcement on your side of the pond. Listen, listeners, you can't see it, but I have a a big smirk on my face right now because oh. you guys know I love horse cops. Yes, and um, Kingston has had one that has been uh, notorious again. I don't need to necessarily reiterate the story of the girl getting kicked in the face, which was funny. So funny. But yeah. it did that happen, awesome. and it was yeah. funny. And uh, apparently, uh, folks, there's a lost episode of this program where we, we talked at length about the Kingston Mounted uh, Police Unit. That is yeah. apparently lost to time because we accidentally doxed ourselves on that episode and had to delete it. So <laughs> sorry about that. And we did... We did also have a call to action where we asked them to rip the horse apart and like eat it like chunks of yeah. meat off of it like gang yeah. style. So I can understand why it was deleted. Yeah. <laughs> well, back in October, I also reiterated the story of the horse cop mm-hmm. just in in passing. Horse uh, cop for our listeners yeah, as well. I'm not talking about horse cock. Yeah. We're really yeah, enunciating right the P. I'd love yeah, to enunciate the P. You guys can see pee. my line of horse cock dildos behind me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've got hundreds. Um, okay. Anyways, uh, so yeah, back in October, there was a a uh, press release, and I'll, I'll regard it as a press release. There was a press release put out. Um, you can find it on Global News. Kingston, Ontario, police horses future uncertain due to lack of funding. It has a really sad looking cop, a uh, really sad looking horse, and uh, basically what they say is that. Um, 
you know, they will, certain people will match the money. They also like donated. They were crowdfunding for the horse. Yes. So this Um, has been going on for a number of years. The Kingston police department just doesn't have the money to like feed and house his horse. So they add, like they go fund me that money uh, pretty frequently. May I say that two years, they say it here. It costs about $75,000 every two years for food, housing and training. That's not a ton of money. No. You know? They, like, it's like a this it's like a forty million dollar plus budget for the Kingston Police as well. Kingston Police budget is fucking massive. Yeah. I wish I had the numbers, the exact numbers for you here, but the Kingston Police budget is fucking massive. Seventy five thousand dollars for two years to keep a thing alive isn't <laughs> isn't crazy. Um. Anyways, with their crowdfunding efforts, they only raised thirty one thousand dollars. Not even half to cover a year. Yeah. Um. <laughs> As of January 27th, uh, they, they've they uh, retired our beloved horse cop. Bye-bye. Um, Mernie because... and the girl from high school I know who <laughs> rides yeah. her. We're, all, we're, we're mourning Mernie, <laughs> folks. Yeah. They're going to have to put down both the horse and the cop. If you're <laughs> both are being sent. Their glue will be intermingled together in the great factory in That's the sky. That's beautiful. So, so when they you ask for more cops in schools, this is what you meant. Elmer's glue for everyone. <laughs> um, so, so Mernie the horse cop uh, needed the fundraising. The purpose was, and I, and I can see it here. So we say $75,000 isn't enough, but I guess what they did was they took the budget for the horse cop and hired 10 more police officers. Sick. So like one <laughs> horse cop is worth 10 cops, uh, which is really funny. And then, uh, the, the, the crowdfunding happened. They raised $31,000. This year, they revamped it with those press releases that I was telling you about, trying to get the community together to raise more money. Uh, in that effort, they raised about another $4,000 and don't have enough money to keep Mernie around. So now, cop's gone. Yeah. I wonder where that gone. money's going, though. Um, Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, it's, it's, pretty insane um sarah and mernie are much more than ambassadors for the kingston police as they also perform enforcement duties and are present in areas that require extra patrol they shit around downtown yeah they just shit yeah, on the street that's not anything yeah that's not even the, the horse that's the cop <laughs> <laughs> she's just riding around with her fucking slacks around her ankles just and she's like pressing it against the back of the yeah. horse so it like falls in a straight like rectangular line <laughs> yeah yeah. What? You can't get mad at me for telling you the truth. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Kingston horse cop has has been retired. Um, and I want to ask you guys, what do you think is next for uh, the Kingston police? Do you think they're going to get a, like a wood uh, woodchuck? Maybe a, I wish, maybe man. A moon like, pretty much, like, you, you say, like, okay, so... If one horse is like the equivalent of like 10 cops, I'd much rather pay a horse than 10 cops. But maybe we could pay like, you know, like 100, 200 woodchucks. Um, not quite sure what they would. They, they could just like hang out, like sort of roam around. Yeah, we could just they could have, have like a little police vest on. And like maybe you're not supposed to we'll know if it's spring. It, okay. What if it's like 
you can do a crime normally it's fine but if like you see a woodchuck in your vicinity like you're not supposed to do it it's like an honor system yeah um i guess the so i say the community raised um thirty one thousand dollars but in actuality, it was the the Kingston like Better Business Bureau, oh, TD fuck. Bank, <laughs> TD that, Bank, that raised the most amount of money. Um, they almost hit like sixty thousand dollars by the end of it, and uh, most of that was contributed by them specifically. Of course, like the Better Business Bureau, who's like literally trying to hunt homeless people into extinction in the city, is going to put money towards the horse cop. Like, yeah, tourism Kingston is one of the most demonic entities in a city that has God, no shortage of horrible things in its history. So, uh, really, really glad to hear that. Uh, gonna have to mull that information on what I want to do with it later. That's all I'll yeah, say. So, so as of right now, because I heard a uh, word possibly of, of what might be happening with the horse, uh, people did message me, uh, because I did post it on the llcs instagram about what was going on people message asking uh where or what might be happening to the horse uh i haven't received any confirmation if anyone wants to reach out with more information but what i've heard is that it isn't to the glue factory with the horse and they are probably just going to be sending them off to okay jesse <laughs> jesse's pretty confirmed it's to the glue factory but yeah. uh no, it's 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 going to like two retired pigs' house. They, there's like a there's like a, a farm where they it can run and frolic yeah. and stomp on the necks of you know black. I people. have a theory, like all all police horses do. Yeah. I have a theory. Yeah. What if you know they're like okay, uh, they just get around like they put the horse in the stable, uh, they left it there for a while, and now they're coming back, and now they're like oh shit, we let we we left the horse in the stable all year and it's dead. Fuck! Why does this keep happening? No, I. It's it's like an unforgiven type situation where they're gonna call in Murney to help with homecoming. They're like gonna go to that farm, and Murney's gonna be, you know, just he's like kind of like stoically smoking a cigarette. Yeah. So I hear you need my help. No, I think I think. Dean's Dean's on to something there. I think uh, next year's horse day is going to be very interesting when we find out that the horse cop has been dead for nine months. Um, but ultimately, from what I understand, is it's probably going to be going to some ranch on Wolf Island uh, where it will live its best life and actually be taken care of. Uh, pigs shouldn't take care of horses. That makes no sense at all. So hopefully someone uh, can actually take care yeah. of the fucking thing. Murney was Until found then, dead in a burned uh, out squad car with five bullets in the back yeah. of his head. Yeah. Yeah. Mur- 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 yeah. Mur- Murney and several other horse activists found dead via suicide. <laughs> Murney. <laughs> the, the, the helicopter engine gave up. Yeah. And uh, Murney's <laughs> dead in a field. Yeah. Mur- Murney's big old heart just plain gave out. <laughs> no, you know you know what's happening to Murney and the horse cop? They're getting two weeks nade leave. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, uh, until then, yeah, thanks for listening classic. to that. I bet you yeah. feel your, good after that. Keep one. your horses in the barn. Yeah. And um, take care of your groundhogs. Yeah. Folks. Yeah. Honestly, reach out to a groundhog you know and just tell them how dope, <laughs> how dope they are. Yeah, you know? that's true. <laughs> Yeah. You, you never know sometimes, when they're suffering. Sometimes a groundhog just needs to hear uh, a fellow say hello. You yeah. know? We don't always get that. You know, I heard it was Fred LaMarmot's wife that killed him. Wow. 
<laughs> I, th- I heard he took out his two kids. To- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but honestly, the last thing that was said is that there was no holding him back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the CTE guy. Yeah, he wasn't driven by fear. Yeah. He was driven by anger. Uh Okay, what about uh, she whistle pig on my red monk till I weenusk? Is that anything? Yeah, okay. Yeah. God, that's actually disgusting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Your red monk? Yeah. Dude, yeah. What the fuck? It's hooded. Yeah. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Oh, oh, fuck. Okay. I needed to know that, actually. I was wondering if you were disgraced as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Disgrace. <laughs> I only hang out with the uh, unattacked. Yeah. Right. So Chance thinks Dean's a eunuch. He's like, <laughs> that's what he's wondering. That would explain and, a lot. Yeah. 